Lewis. Look at the figure. Look at the turn. Oh, that was brilliant, Luke Bruce. Gee, it's a good kick. It is a great kick. It's one for the ages. O'Brien, some candy. And then a goal. Lewis runs into the open goal. Thank you very much. The Hawks are back in town. Road to round one has officially begun and we're back to recap what's been a busier summer than any Hawthorne supporter had expected or wanted for that matter. We've had a scandal, surprise departures, we named a new captain, god there's so much to talk about so let's get into it. Welcome to the Hawk Talk podcast, the first for 2021. My name is Nick Mason and here to help me recap the summer so far, it's good to see him, g'day Tiz. G'day mate. Well, take two hey, we've already (laughs) recorded and uh... Tom Scully hangs up the boots, so we're back here again. It was just one of those things, those conversational through lines that just permeated the whole podcast recording. So we thought, look, let's just chuck that in the bin. Let's go again. Look, we've brought him up already, so we might as well talk about him. The, The lead news of the week is the fact that Tom Scully has called time on his career, which is, it's been rumored for a little while, but still a bit of a surprise. I'm not sure anyone actually thought he would hang up the boots. Let's think about it from Tom's point of view. He's made a lot of money. The ankle still isn't great. And I think he'd be frustrated with his own form and he couldn't see himself bettering what he'd done. And uh, that's it. Other problems in his life and keen to move on to new challenges and draft pick number one, of course, and got some terrible ire from the, from the Melbourne fans when the AFL plucked him out of there and put him into GWS. But he had some terrific games and he did perform... Surprisingly well for Hawthorne. I mean, to be picked in round two, I think it was, after he arrived at the club, everyone was shocked. Almost 200 games, all told, which is a fantastic effort. And as you say, he arrives to the club and there's question marks over, uh, is he ever going to be right again? Can we get his body and his fitness right? And uh, he ended up playing most of the games he possibly could for the club in the time that he had there. So, look, uh, hats off to him. He says that he lost the passion. Um there's been a number of rumours circulating about. I don't want to get into some of the more unsavoury ones. I think they're incredibly fantastical and sensational and people just looking to stir up gossip. Um, BS is basically what you're trying to say. (laughs) Yeah, it's the kind of thing where, like, it doesn't remain rumour for long and certainly doesn't permit a player to just ride off into the sunset. No, he'd be axed for some of the sorts of things that are being talked about. I Uh, think Hanrahan said something along those lines on Twitter. People don't actually believe this stuff, do they? (laughs) So the players are aware of it. Yeah, absolutely. We take it at face value. He says he's lost the passion for the game and uh, he steps away and uh, we, we do wish Tom well. Of course, the club has some big decisions ahead of it now um, with, with leaving that vacancy on the list. Um, if they move Sicily to the long-term injury list, there's potentially two spots just sitting there and we have the uh, the, the supplemental selection period and we have the mid-season rookie draft. There, there's options ahead of Hawthorne here. They've got to work out exactly what they want to do. Well, you've got to make the best of these uh, bad moments, I think. You know, freeing up spots on a list isn't something we wanted to be doing. But what it will do is it'll force our hand into playing some young kids. And uh, I imagine it'll probably force McAvoy into the centre with this amount of the lack of uh, mature bodies around the ball, certainly on the outside. Uh, I think a mature body in McAvoy being able to influence the contest more than Segler seems to be able to. 
uh, could be very good. He's a mighty big chess piece as big boy Ben McAvoy, and uh, perhaps the mightiest now, he's been named captain, the 37th captain of the Hawthorne Football Club. This appointment followed a robust internal process facilitated by leading teams. Good to have him back. They've dotted themselves throughout the successful clubs, haven't they? You don't hear about them when they've arrived at the bad conclusions. They just, they're very good at that PR, I think. <laughs> but, um... Well, look, I'll have them on board. They're not collective mind, hey? So... <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how McAvoy goes about his leadership style because um, he's had some great leaders to serve under, both at St Kilda and at Hawthorne. And um, big fella, it's hard not to look up to him. <laughs> That's a poor joke. But, <laughs> but he does command respect across the competition because he just goes about his job and he's played through injuries and he's entirely professional and yet he's still got that demeanour of he's just, you know, come off the farm and he's just having a kick around with the lads. We did actually have a question from Ed uh, concerning this particular issue. Uh, at Hawk Talk Pod, Ed asks, uh, what kind of captain do you think Ben McAvoy will be? Um, one that's, in my opinion, firm but fair. I can see him leading by example. I mean, the good thing about Ben McAvoy is you never really question his endeavour, do you? He always gives it a crack. I can't really think of a time where he's had an absolute stinker of a game. Oh, he's been toweled up a couple of times, but um, generally it's because they've worked him over with a couple of rucks. He he runs all day. He got a big engine on him. You know, he's he's always professional in how he how he brings himself to the club and and uh, what he does in the media. So I think he's a good choice. It's certainly a reward choice. They've rewarded him for his efforts and he breaks a line of something some ridiculous number of years before we've had a captain from outside the club come to Hawthorne. Well, here's a tidbit of trivia for you, Tiz. Uh, to paraphrase Split Ends, he's hoping that history never repeats because the last time we got a player from the Saints and appointed him as captain didn't really go so well. Have you heard of a guy called Fred Phillips? No, I have not. That's fair enough. Uh, he goes back to the 30s. Uh, he was a captain coach for Hawthorne in 1933 after 134 games with the Saints. He was persuaded to uh, to make the move over to the Hawks at the end of the 1932 season. Now, at the time, people were seeing this as a big move. It was an inspired bit of recruiting, people were saying, and the players and the coaching staff were all, uh, as they put it back then, bucked by the leadership of Fred Phillips. Well, I mean, Hawthorne were trying everything back then. They couldn't win a game, practically. So... Uh... Did he do well, Nick? What what are we looking at here? You say you don't want this repeated, so I can't imagine this ends well. Well, as worst case scenarios go, it doesn't get worse than this. He would never actually get the chance to represent Hawthorne because he died, blood poisoning of all things, from an elbow cut before the 1933 season. He never took to the field tears and suspected that toxic dye from the footy jumpers played a part. Okay, well, that's ridiculous. Um... <laughs> that is absolutely bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, well, let's, we can only hope, hey? I mean, he's delivered two premierships already. I think he's well ahead of Fred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think we're going down that road. It's just, uh, how about that, eh? That, that is a bizarre piece of trivia that uh, one of our listeners uh, helped us dig up that one. So, yeah, I mean, it couldn't, it couldn't go worse, could it? Uh... <laughs> that is pretty bad. Well, I mean, if you know, if you're measuring things against that yardstick, I'm sure Ben will do excellently. 
Uh, we should talk about the, the leadership group as well. Uh, Jager O'Meara was named vice captain. Joining him in that group, we've got Liam Shields, Jack Gunston, Tom Mitchell, and, uh, oh, looky here, it's the Warpedo, James Warple. Yes, he's the representative of the young, youngsters, um, which is what McAvoy's excited about, he says. Uh, the young vibe in the crew and it, the, the enthusiasm, the uh, desperation to make good on last year. It's, it all augurs well. I'm not sure that uh, it'll kick up this year and we'll, we'll look that much better, but uh, it's a new guard, isn't it? It's a new era. It was just the sort of um, circuit-breaker announcement that Hawthorne supporters needed. I mean, it's been a turbulent off-season, to coin an old cliche. It, it's, it just hasn't really felt like a great summer for the Hawks. And then to have Big Boy announced as captain, I, I saw social media, the support and the positivity around that was overwhelming. And uh, I've got to say, I'm part of that. I'm on board. I'm, I'm happy that he's, uh, that he's the captain. It's not something I picked. I'm going to have to confess that. I mean, there's hours worth of audio that will attest to that. Not something I picked, but something I'm very happy about. And uh, the way he's talking up the group, the way he feels excited about where the group's at, um, that brings me with him, which is what all all good captains do, Tiz. They, they bring you along in their crusades. So I uh, look forward to seeing what he can do in the role. So do you think um, John, Tom and Jack are going to have their nose out of joint? Because they've been overlooked. I know each of them has injury issues. I think Jager's done very well for what he had in the past. And Jack, coming into this year, has issues which might seem missing the first few rounds. Tom Mitchell is still, by his own admission, recovering. I mean, can you have your nose put out a joint by this? It was a player vote. Um, it feels like that's the one thing that you can't really argue against. Yeah, I, I'm not going to be one of those people that say these things can be manipulated, but... Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, but it does have to be ratified by the board, does it not? Yeah, yeah, it's ticked off by the coaches, and then the board has their say as well, and they were both both perfectly happy with Ben McAvoy as an appointment. He's been in the leadership group before, I think the, the two years prior, so... Look, he's not a candidate that's come from the clouds. Like He's always been in the conversation in one way or another. So um, maybe a surprise to us, maybe a surprise to a few supporters, but it seems to make sense to the club. Not a surprise to Scott, who says uh, McAvoy should have been captain, not Strats. Discuss. <laughs> well, that might be a bit harsh. I mean, okay, I'm going to point out the obvious first of all. As much as I'm really buoyed by this news and I'm excited to see what Big Boy can do... Um, he hasn't done anything as captain yet. You don't know if Strats might be better. <laughs> well, I mean, Stratton had great form coming into the season. He was he was named captain, and uh, look for all intents and purposes like a, in the Garriers mould of uh, Backman. He looked to have taken the next step in being an attacking defender. But um, McAvoy can play a number of roles for us. I love that because he can be anywhere on the ground for us. Um, which means he can influence, which is something Strats didn't have. Always in the back line, usually in a lockdown role and uh, always having to concentrate on his direct opponent. So I think Strats had a little bit easier, though. The pre-season before, the, before he took over was a little bit easier than uh, McAvoy's is. I mean, he's had Scully walk out and we're still up in the air on um, John Patton. So Yeah, I mean, as much as I didn't want to talk about it, it, it would feel like a massive oversight to at least not address it in some respect, the uh, the John Patton scandal. I think the best part about the John Patton scandal is he was immediately stood down by the club and they put a new line in the sand and uh, we're not 
going to allow that to influence our culture at Hawthorne. You know, we just because that can that can impact not only uh, the players themselves, but the relationships players have with their wives and girlfriends. And it's uh, it's a terrible look for Jono. And I'm not sure if it happened while he was at Hawthorne as well as what we've seen he was doing at GWS. No, those are the sorts of details that elude us at this time. But I do want to say hats off to Hawthorne for the way they've handled it to this point. I think they moved very swiftly and, and very decisively on uh, what they did about this patent scandal. And uh, we just heard from uh, Jeff Kennett uh, recently. He provided an update on the situation in a recent letter to members saying, the club takes very seriously the allegations made against John, as does the AFL. The AFL have taken control of the process under their existing policy. In due course, they will report back to the club when their investigations are complete. I mean, do you really want him back at the club? I'm kind of, I'm not sure I'd be okay with that. You always hope these guys can be rehabilitated. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I am a big believer in redemption, and I want the guy, as everyone, I want them to be okay. But that being said, do you want him back at the club? I'm not particularly interested in having him at Hawthorne. Uh, well, I mean, he's a listed player. If if they let him return to work, then uh, we have to do the best with him. What does that even look like, though? I mean, what what's his relationship with the playing group going to look like? That has to be fractured. And when he runs out onto the MCG, he's just going to get the crap booed out of him. And Background checks, Nick. Background checks. This seemed to, seems to be a theme. Vickery had a whole lot of stuff going on that we didn't know about. Pattern, a pattern of behaviour that we didn't know about. Graham Wright leaves and uh, another background check that he may not have completed. Ends up at Collingwood. First day back. Very proud day. A very proud day. How was your uh, pride day? Was it was it good? <laughs> Did you enjoy it? I felt an enormous sense of pride. He since tracked it back at the AGM, but oh my goodness. Even Tom Brown didn't have anything <laughs> good to say about Collingwood that day or anything to say about Collingwood that day. And it really quick calls into question. Um his reporting. Oh, really? This calls into question his reporting. This moment in time. Yes, this. Yeah, <laughs> this moment. <laughs> Not when he wandered around the crowd at Waverley and said, who looked good today? But that moment there. <laughs> that feels like a lifetime ago now. It does. John Patton looked good. I was going to say, that's when we liked John Patton. <laughs> anyway, look, I hope Wrighty does all right at Collingwood. You know, he's, uh, he's not going to get some top, draft picks for a while i'm not sure if he's averse to picking high high draft picks what do you reckon he just likes picking the eyes out of it at the back end of the draft seems to be his go and bringing players that are fundamental to the needs of the club which he did wonderfully for us i mean to steer the helm for the the four grand finals in a row winning three of them back to back you know you've got to take your hat off to righty and and a lot of people have been criticizing the timing of it I don't think it could have been better. I mean, when do you want him to do it? Do you want him to do it mid-season? Probably not. Do you want him to do it in October? Absolutely not. I mean, why not now? If he's going to pull a pin at some point, it's there's no great time, but there are certainly worse times than when he did it. Yeah, and you know they've given us months and months to hire Sauce, so it should be <laughs> it should be good. <laughs> <laughs> do we get his kids? Do we get the whole family? Is it a package deal? Apparently it is, yeah. You've got to take the whole Silvani clan. They're looking at getting the most games of a family in the AFL um, as a collective. That is the priority. No, um, 
people are saying Soss will be the guy, but uh, I think Dunstall might sort of tread on that. I'm not sure he's the biggest fan of Soss. Well, in any case, we've got Rob McCartney, who's replaced Wright on an interim basis, and uh, the process to find his heir is underway, led by Richie Vandenberg. Uh, We heard from Nathan at Hawk Talk Pod, with an off-season to forget for the most part, does Wright's exit alone change our ladder position for this season? No. I don't think this season. I think the ripples of this will be felt a bit later. I'm not sure it changes much for the the immediate future. No, Wright is about the list management, so... um... Going into this year, uh, he he sort of did the game plan as well, didn't he? That's the other thing. It'll be another brain drain. Mind you, Hawthorne are starting to really um, turn over all our intellectual property positions at the club. So we could see a much different game plan. Yeah, it's getting to a place where that is uh, not a thing we can complain about anymore. We've kind of lost all of our intellectual property and we're starting afresh. Uh, This is pretty close to what we've been talking about in that it is a new era for the club, finally. I mean, it's been talked up in the media for years and years and years. Oh, the golden era is over. It's been over for a while. But uh, I think we might have been in purgatory for a hot minute there. And now, now I think finally the rebirth is underway. Yep, so the tide went out and now the tide's coming back in, you reckon? Very slowly. Very, very slowly. This is the thing. Like, it's... it's uh, Ahead of this podcast, I was thinking, okay, positive, positive stuff. It's been a rough off-season. Got to think of stuff that people can be excited about. Time trial results. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of what it was like. I really uh, I really want to be positive. I think there is a lot to like about Hawthorne at the moment. But also, I'm, I'm not going to uh, beat around the bush. It'll be a difficult season. It'll be a difficult couple. But this is what it is. This is what a developing team has to do. This is where we find ourselves. So... Um, I mean, do we want to talk about the training reports? So I've I've got some here. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Um, I'm always interested in what Big Footy has to say. <laughs> I didn't grab this from Big Footy. I'll have you know. Thank you very much. I did grab it from a uh, a Hawthorne forum. I've mentioned them before. Hawk headquarters. Uh, the credit goes to uh, a user called Bootsy for this one, who's been doing magnificent work on the ground. So full credit to Bootsy, who has been out at uh, a few different training sessions. Um. Now, he's happy to report that Gunners has been running laps and, and doing so for the first time since surgery, uh, which was met with uh, a lot of warm applause, apparently, at the ground. So, I mean, that's something. I've, obviously, still a while away. I think he's still considered indefinite. Um, I might be wrong on that. Maybe someone can tell, tell us, at Hawk Talk Pod. But, I mean, the fact that he's at least moving okay, uh, that's something, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean... It's a it's an injury that can get easy setbacks from, so uh, we wish him all the luck. Now, the club also engaged in some match sim, which is good to see. Uh, so 18 players aside, full ground match, two AFL umpires on board, officiating. I just want to go through the absentees first. I think that's important to note. Obviously, Patton and Scully weren't there. Uh, we had Gunston out, of course, just mentioned. Uh, Sicily, Howe, Saunders, what? Tom Hang Mitchell. On. Hang on, go back, go back. Howe is still out. It could be the old thing. It could be something new. <laughs> yeah, Saunders. Saunders, Tom Mitchell, Seamus Mitchell missing as well. Uh, for the sake of the match sim, and this becomes important now, Tears, with, with the Scully news, we subbed in four Box Hill players. Ed Phillips, Fergus Green, Callum Porter, and Vince Ducci. So Ed Phillips is the brother, is he not? Yes, Ed Phillips, the brother of Tom, who apparently looked in this particular match sim pretty good. Um... And, yeah, people have touted him as a, as a reasonably good player, so maybe he's the guy. Does he get the call-up? 
Yeah, well, those those players will be trying their darndest to get on the list, won't they? The opportunity's there, absolutely. And uh, what about your boy Will Golds? I mean, is he still working towards a, a future in footy? Because, I mean, now the door's ajar. Yeah, well, he's still focused on it. Um, bumped into him down at uh, down at the beach and recognised him. Thought I'd better say something. And uh, I just said, look, pretty much a victim of 2020, mate. It's very unlucky for you. And he he uh, insisted that he wanted to pursue an AFL career, so I wished him all the best. Well, we wait to see what might happen with that one. Uh, now, this game, this match sim, uh, interesting to note, was played under the new rules. Because remember, folks, there are new rules we're going to contend with now, so get ready for that. Now, by the sounds of it, uh, it's about to get really frustrating for fans, Tiz. I'm not looking forward to it. I mean, I, I love that footy's coming back. I can't wait to watch some, especially in person. But it sounds as though manning the mark is going to be the big, big problem that teams have to grapple with. Well, they've renamed it. It's called statuing the mark. <laughs> That's effectively what it is. You can't do anything, otherwise you get a 50-metre penalty against you. You can jump on the spot. And that's about it. Oh, why would you risk it? You don't want to <laughs> accidentally inch a centimetre forward, otherwise the whistle's blown. Yeah, well, I think with uh, the number of players we have coming off the halfback line with very little uh, experience and a lot of development to, to do, this could be good for Hawthorne. Not, uh, they can really back their kicks in without the pressure of the man on the mark. Because Hawthorne and Richmond have been very good at protecting the corridor by moving the man on the mark. And uh, it was a feature of our game in the premiership years. So, I don't know. I don't have a big problem with it, really. If it's going to result in 50 metres every time, that's just another avenue to goal, isn't it? That's exactly what the AFL want. More inside 50s, more, more goals, goals, more, more ads. ads. <laughs> now, we should come to that because Telstra, which a lot of our listeners will use to um, to watch the footy, is abandoning their free broadcast and pushing... Everyone on to $5 a month KO subscriptions. Okay, is that $5 a month available to everyone? Like, can I... Because I pay 25 No, just to Telstra customers. Oh, okay. Because generally, right. we pay nothing to watch the footy on our phones. Right. Apart yeah. from being a Telstra customer. Now, they don't want to do the broadcast of that anymore. They don't want to use their systems. So they're going to say, all right, we're going to get you a special deal with KO, but it costs you 5 bucks a month. Okay, well, I mean, it's not zero, is it? So I can understand how some people would be up in arms. Oh, yeah, they're not happy. It's more than it was. Yes, like <laughs> exactly. An infinite times amount of what it used to be. Now. <laughs> uh, shall we get back to the training reports? Uh, McAvoy and Segler went head-to-head in the ruck on this particular match, Sim. Uh, Reeves playing forward, snagged a couple of goals, which is good to see. Uh, Mitch Lewis with a couple too, strong in the air. Uh, Damon Greaves r- reportedly performed very well. That's been, of course, backed up by Sam Mitchell. In that uh, he's doing that little series of videos. It's good to hear from him, isn't it? Yeah, it's good for him to lift the lid like that. Um, it's also good for him to have the pressure of expectation and, and feed. He'd be giving a lot of feedback to the players, but he's got to work out how to give feedback to the fans without actually showing what the feedback he's giving to the players might be, um, which is an art in itself. I like hearing from Sam Mitchell. I, I don't. I just don't feel like there's any BS. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's not just a, an avalanche of buzzwords or anything like that. I feel like what he has to say matters and is sincere and authentic. And I feel like I get a genuine read 
on where the players are at. When he he rates Damon Greaves and really is excited, like, it comes across, and I feel it. So, I mean, he said the same about Cozzy as well. I feel like we were given a very accurate and sincere read on where... um, Kaczynski's development is at at the moment, which is really important going forward. But you also get the sense, and and something he put through in his book that you know you're always improving, you're you're never perfect, you've always got something else to work on, and he does that clearly with his addresses. They don't have to don't have to be great now, but they've got to move forward to being better. And I like that. It's an it's a obvious goal oriented and clear message. It makes you um, secure in what Hawthorne appears certainly to be doing, which is at some point a handover where uh, Mitchell is the heir to Clarkson's throne. And at a time like now, as I said, this is a developing team that's in a, in a, in a rebuilding phase. Let's be frank about that. Um, there are not too many assurances of the future and what's going to work, and when are we going to get back, and what's going to be good? What's the thing that's going to take us to the next level? It's really nice to have Sam Mitchell being as good as he is. <laughs> it makes you think, well, this is a guy that can lead. He will coach eventually, and he could be a damn fine coach indeed. Now, I mentioned Cozzy before. Uh, that's been one of the um, significant developments in the playing group in the offseason. The shift forward. Sort of stunned me. We'd kept him in the back line for a long time. He, he's a He's good at nullifying his opponents. Um, pop him forward. Not really sure what that says about the other forwards we have on the list, if anything. But um, I didn't think we were all that well turned out in the back line. But obviously the arrival of DGB has pushed Cozzy forward. Um, it could also be part of his education. You know, you need to learn how the forward moves to be a better backman. Yeah, it could be that. It, it does sound like that is the plan going forward, though. Like, he is literally going to play as a forward. Um, and the way Sam Mitchell put it was, you know, obviously because he's made cameos forward in, in his career to date. He's good under-18s, wasn't he, as a forward? He, he just wasn't finding his way in the back line. Um, he, he, it, by the sounds of it, just wasn't producing... The impact. ...quite enough. Yeah, yeah, he just wasn't doing quite enough to keep him there. So, I mean, God knows, Tiz, the forward line needs some troubleshooting. And I'm open to this. Why not give it a go? <laughs> I mean, especially, as we were mentioning before, we could be down John Patton. So that's a, a big monster forward off the off the list, potentially. Um, and you look at, well, we've got another we've got another thing to work out in that forward line that's already already got a number of issues. So why not try Cozzy there? Can't we just fast forward to the bit where you go, CJ should play wing, and then I'm like, no, Nash should. <laughs> How did you know that was coming? <laughs> yeah, look, uh, CJ was playing off half back in this particular game. I'd be happy to see him on the wing. Uh, he certainly seems to have the, the speed and even the endurance to do so. Uh, Harry Morrison has been playing on the wing in the match sim as well. Who, um, it's an important time for young Harry. He's got to work out exactly what he's doing in this in this team because uh, look at the moment, listeners, we're putting together our, our season guide and we do write-ups on each player, player-by-player player analysis, and I'm tasked with the odd numbers, so I get Harry Morrison first up, and it is really hard to know what to say about him because I don't know what his role is. I don't think that's clear, and, and supporters can shoot me down if that's unfair, but uh, important year for Harry. Yeah, I mean... It, your task is getting easier and easier. 21 and 25 probably falling off that list. <laughs> I didn't think of that. 
Anyway, uh, I mean, that's good to hear because, you know, it's all about what they do on-field. All this off-field stuff um, pales into insignificance if the winds come, doesn't it? So You've got Nash as well, you mentioned before, who was uh, allegedly solid in the in the match sim. That's the word that was used. Uh, he's since well, he's gone... still recovering, right? Yeah, he is. He's gone back to wearing the blue hat uh, as his journey back from surgery continues. So that's a bit of a watch this space kind of thing. So just these little tidbits filtering through from the from training and from match sims. I mean, how much do you read into it? Well, that's anyone's guess, but uh, I like that at least we have these details. Hey, at least we won the pracky match. <laughs> yeah, Hawthorne... Um, Really doing a doing a number on Hawthorne, but as we know, Hawthorne's been out of form. So uh, I always notice that in the training reports, it's about who kicked the goals, not the poor bugger who was trying to defend them. Yeah, I mean when you're when you're playing an intra club game, it's tricky, isn't it? Because like, okay, well this player did really well, but what does that say for the guy who was playing on? you know for every star there is there's a guy that underperformed or got beaten so uh how much you read into it is anyone's guess well gibbo made buddy better and buddy made gibbo a hell of a lot better that's true so uh (laughs) it does work well speaking of um past champion forwards we lost uh graham arthur over over our hiatus yeah we did that was incredibly sad um talking to my dad about it it's his favorite play growing up and i really felt that that twinge of sadness come through on the call uh of course hawthorne royalty is graham arthur he passed away age 84 undoubtedly an icon of the club tis uh, he captained the hawks for nine seasons led the club to its first flag in 1961 uh 232 games all up for the club 201 goals and three best and fairest which is an incredible effort he was the the guy in the park who made it happen Graham Arthur, and to lift that cup, the first cup, and herald in this age where we've all enjoyed, uh, you can't imagine the heavy lifting those guys had to do to not only get Hawthorne into a position where they were rated by the rest of the league, but then to actually, you know, win the cup against Ted Witten's Footscray. It's just a great career, and it didn't end when he stopped playing football he was an icon for many years after that and you even hear about players from the 90s and early 2000s talking about their relationship with Graham Arthur and how he influenced uh, how they felt about Hawthorne and the Hawthorne culture so we have you know we're, we're looking at heading down the ladder maybe this year depending on how we look at last year but also culturally we've lost Kanga and we've lost Mort now. So you're looking at some... It's a real watershed moment, all at the same time as we're trying to build uh, the Kennedy Centre in Dingley and and relocate. So, oh, there's so many balls in the air. It's... uh, The to-do list is enormous. But if we do it, it will be absolutely incredible. If we just keep on taking step after step and planting our foot in the right direction and, and heading towards the future in the way that we're hoping, my goodness, Tiz. I mean, this will be a powerhouse club once again. This will be Phoenix-like. And we've got to say that 2021, 60 years after the first premiership, we'll be looking back at how it happened. And I hope the club, I'm sure the club will be looking back and having reunions and, and coverage of it. 
but it's unfortunate that Graham can't be with us to celebrate it. But um, it it should serve as a point to look back and understand what they had to do to get there because it's a similar vibe going through the club at the moment. We've had all that success and now we've got to step up again and get better than those guys were in 2015 probably. Absolutely right. I did see the other day, uh, just stumbled upon a photo of... Um... Graham Arthur and and John Kennedy in the in the final years of their lives just seemed to be having a bit of a laugh together and that that touched me that was a, a bit of a heartwarming and bittersweet moment and uh, I mean obviously both men are so sad that they're no longer with us both titans of the club their legacies are going to live on forever and as you say this is this is the time this is a, this is a really crucial period for the club and there's a lot to do. Uh, there's a lot of balls in the air, as you say. So really interesting time. I think uh, it's time, though, that we take some miscellaneous listener questions that have been backed up over the off-season, Tiz, so we need to field some of these. Goody, goody. I'll get my I'll get my coffee ready. <laughs> we heard from Judy first, uh, who had a number of questions, actually. Will there be a better season with better conditions in 2021? Well, if that ain't the question on every Hawthorne supporter's lips. Mate, if we're holding the this, this uh, Australian Open... I'm going to the footy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly right. It's 28 days later, Tiz. <laughs> and and not like the film, pleasingly. Yeah. <laughs> We're 28 days out without any local cases here in Victoria and seems to be managed quite well. Uh, will there be a better season with better conditions in 2021, Judy? It certainly seems that way. We know how fast things can turn. But uh, we're optimistic here. Uh, in terms of the club... Might play at the G, right? Beat Richmond and uh, Brisbane again. Well, that is the hope. It does tap into that old question of just how much do you read into 2020? Um, How much was, uh, you know, that little thing called uh, the pandemic, how much was that a factor on Hawthorne in particular? How much can we turn things around in 2020? These are very valid questions and uh, cause for some optimism. I don't think we necessarily have to be down in the dumps um, because so much was different about that season uh, that it follows so much can be different about this season. <laughs> I love the next question, which is obviously looking at the betting sphere for the Rising Star noms. And uh, Oh, yes, also from Judy. Will the younger players such as Greaves, Finn, uh, Morris, DGB and Co. get Rising Star nominations? Let's hope so. I can never, I can never think that Hawthorne might ever win a Rising Star uh, after after Cyril. And well, that... if Cyril can't do it, you've got no hope. <laughs> Just about the only thing he couldn't do was win a rising star. Think of that. But you'd have to say Greaves. Greaves would certainly be sticking his hand up for some rising star noms. Yes, absolutely. The, the top of the list there, Greaves, the first one named. Yeah, he'd be my pick as well. The second there, Finn McGuinness. Um, it's sort of easy to... Forget about Finn because of, uh, you know, we've just had the draft and the trade period and there's the new hotness at Hawthorne. But then you remember, oh yeah, Finn McGuinness, he hasn't really had his time yet. So uh, we look forward to seeing that. Don't miss the next fella either. Josh Morris, the ego on that kid is fantastic. We've noted it before when he, what's that? What's that app he got onto as soon as he was drafted? Oh, Cameo. Yeah, Cameo is on there looking real cool. <laughs> now he's been working the camera at training. 
Did you see that on the Instagram for the for the club? Oh, he looks terrific. I saw that. I also noted in the backgrounds almost the entire playing group. I thought to myself, what's going on there? <laughs> <laughs> what what are they away. thinking? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we got another question here from Judy. Will Dipper be? Uh, will Dipper get to be permanently at the club as a mentor after his stint in "I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here" with uh, innumerable premierships and? Now, Brownlow, I think he can walk into that club as if he owns it whenever he likes. Yeah, that, that was already the case. He might get a, a, a little uh, dab of extra respect uh, for, for going into the so-called jungle, but yeah. At least I would recognise him as a celebrity. Anyway. <laughs> we heard from our View from the Nosebleeds. At Hawk Talk Pod, who's the first debutante in 2021, Phillips not included? They often make him work for it, but... Uh... <sighs> Can I say Cozzy? He hasn't debuted. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah, Cozzy's a chance. What about uh, DGB? I'm not saying round one necessarily, but he'd be in the frame, surely. Uh, Stephen, at Hook Talk Pod, any chance that Will Day, Tom Phillips will be the main wing pairing for 2021? So possibly a bit of a role change being flagged for Will Day there. Well, I tell you what, when this uh, when this question was put up, Tom Scully was still on the list, so this is actually far more... Uh, interesting now. I'm sure Will Day will have to play some wing time now. Absolutely. What do you reckon of... um? What happens with Dylan Moore? That's a guy we didn't discuss before. I mean, he's been given a lifeline as a rookie. Does he possibly sneak his way back into the senior team? Yeah. Yeah, he does. And I think there's a question later about Wingard. I think uh, Moore and Wingard have very, very important roles for us. In hitting up leads this year, we've just got to run into space because... Tom Scully would run guys into the ground and he'd never stop running, just a huge running machine. We, um, we're looking for that from Dylan Moore. That was always what he was touted to have, this enormous aerobic capacity, so we need to see that. Now, I've got a couple of questions here from Al, the first of which, uh, do you think we'll see this game plan that was described briefly by Marco Bello? Hub life didn't agree with our team last year and perhaps shortened quarters didn't suit us either. Noting we beat Richmond and that was our last game at the G, could we be surprised by an upward trend? Al, I can recommend spending some time watching the Crows if you want to see that game plan. Um, I think that's oh, I think that's gone. That's in the uh, the dust of history, I don't think. Well, we've changed our lineup so much that I don't think they could run with it. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Richmond and the game against uh, Brisbane, whether it augurs well for, for this year. But I would hope and I look forward to seeing an entirely different style of footy from Hawthorne. Yeah, that's what I'm after. And, and I do echo that suspicion that just simply too much has changed. Where a year on... Uh, there's been a bit of turnover with the list. Uh, I mean, the list continues to turn over with, with Scully going and you, you don't know what's going to happen with Patton. So I don't expect that we're going to be dredging up old ideas. Uh, and, and you know what? I'd prefer for the coaching staff to be uh, innovative and um, fluid in their thinking, that they can roll with things. I mean, we've had a whole season worth of, uh, if you like, intel and watching other clubs and watching the game and... Uh, being students of the game. So if we rolled into this season with an old idea, that would be slightly concerning to me. I don't think that's going to happen. 
Now, as it happens, Al's second question, and it happens to be about Cozzy, uh, are we going to see him as a forward in 2021? Uh, yes, that seems to be the consensus here on the podcast. It's probably just a matter of when. Uh, our next question from Tim. Of the guys that are only contracted for this season, which are under the most pressure to secure an extension? Um, Morrison would be the one. Um, he's got the most talent and the least out of it at this stage. How long's um Tim O'Brien got? Well, Tim O'Brien, and this is going to infuriate Hawthorne fans, he's a free agent at the end of the year. So he can, apparently he can just walk. All right, on to the next question. Who are you? <laughs> Matt asks, who are you taking? Wingard the midfielder or Wingard the forward? And you can't sit on the fence. I would say Wingard the midfielder, we need pace away from the contest. Kicking to Wingard as, as a roaming forward would be terrific and exactly what we need. <laughs> well played. Uh, wouldn't it be nice, to echo the uh, the words of Brian Wilson, wouldn't it be nice indeed to have two Wingards? But no, you have to make a call. Uh, I, I want Wingard in the midfield because I think the, the, the midfield remains shockingly one-dimensional and it needs something. It needs the X factor and the speed that Wingard can bring in and inject that midfield. Uh, Hopefully his fitness is up to it. You know, I think he rests forward, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, that, that's probably more likely the case. Uh, now, our final question is an interesting one. Ending on a high. <laughs> Got drafted a few times. The initial question from our listener, Danny, at Hawk Talk Pod was, we're stuffed for 2021, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, Danny. It's not all that bad. He did, he did as I say, uh, rephrase the question. He wants to know... Uh, assuming that this isn't isn't going to be a powerhouse year in terms of the win loss ratio, what needs to happen for us to get to the end of twenty twenty one and say it's been a successful season? What kinds of things can we look at? I mean, ball movement is the number one factor, and we have lacked good ball movement forward of centre for two two years now. And um, there's a few barometers. If you're looking early in the year, if you see that Bruce is having a big impact on games and they're finding it hard to shut him down. And that means that we probably will get near finals. Um, the imp- <laughs> Bruce is the barometer, as is Liam Shields in the midfield. So, uh, you know, it we could be surprised. Other teams, you know, might have improved beyond what we've improved, though. Every year you've got to improve, and I'm not sure Hawthorne have improved. I think you want to get to the end of this season and and have that uh, what I'm going to coin. I think I mentioned this last podcast. In fact, uh, uh, the dying dying days of 2020, uh, the Will Day factor. You want to get to the end of the season and look at a couple of the youngsters and go, oh yeah, yeah okay. No, I reckon we've got a good player there. And it doesn't have to be quite the sort of breakout debut season that Will Day had. He was sensational. But you just want to get to the end of a season and go like, okay, now that that guy is. A, uh, a piece of the future he's the, he's one of the puzzle pieces and we can do something with that um, the more of that that we have the better I think and that that sort of thing can happen uh, irrespective of win-loss ratio for sure well hope springs eternal Nick doesn't it and there's some talent in the list that we haven't seen and uh, they're going to be forced onto the park this year I can feel that I think it is going to be an exciting year. Um, And and the last thing I want to do, I do have my concerns about this club, but the last thing I want to do is jump on here with you each week, mate, and and talk about 
the stuff that sucks and only the stuff that sucks. This is uh, a really interesting time for the club. It's a matter of perspective and I choose to be positive. All I keep on thinking about is being back at the G and watching the guys in brown and gold run around and I'm very happy with that. I'm very happy and excited to see what we can make of a season that could be, well, era-defining. We're at the very start of, hopefully, fingers crossed, something very good. That's right, and it all begins with the pre-season. Against North Melbourne, your favourite mob, <laughs> in Tassie, uh, March 6, isn't it? Yeah, March 6 at one ten pm This is our first look at uh, the new look Hawthorne, so we look forward to that. It would have been nice to have it locally, but uh, look, these things happen, and I- I'm just excited to turn on the TV and watch Hawthorne again, to be honest. Well, we always greatly respect the pre-season competition, so we can expect absolute... Uh, well, you know, they'll just reveal their whole hand in the preseason. We'll see exactly the type of game plan they want to play, all that kind of stuff. So definitely don't miss that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you know Clarko. <laughs> he might not even be there. <laughs> Uh, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, now, if you love the show, jump on Apple Podcasts, rate us and review us. Uh, obviously, this is our first one back for 2021, and, and we want a massive groundswell of support and to bring new listeners in. So uh, that is a thing that helps us a lot. If you tell the world how much you love our show, uh, that that's going to bring people in. Uh, we heard from Mel Banger. Thanks for the podcast. Very much appreciated. Hope you continue to grow. And that's exactly what we're talking about, Mel Banger. We want more and more people to jump on and be part of this great community. Uh, one of the pillars of the great community that we have around the podcast is on Twitter. At Pod is where you want to go. And the next big milestone coming up for us, 2,500 followers, which is insane. And we thank you all for being on board. Uh, now, Facebook also has its own milestone, 1,500 likes. We finally made it. We got there. Very passionate community of Hawthorne fans. I love the conversation and the discourse that goes on there. Facebook.com slash HawkTalkPod. Now, we are on Instagram as well, Tiz. Just got to search Hawk Talk Podcast. Yeah, yeah, you're enjoying Instagram, aren't you? Next step, TikTok. It's going to be great. There will never, and I mean never, ever be a TikTok for as long as I'm doing this podcast. <laughs> Patreon, patreon.com slash hawktalkpod is uh, where you can go to actually properly support the show. Uh, Subscribe at any particular tier, $1, $2, $5. $5 will get you all the bonus episodes. Uh, So that's probably the one that we recommend. And, uh, geez, we've got a few up our sleeves for the bonus eps this year. Uh, We've had our time off. We've we've kind of collected our ideas, got some big plans. So uh, patreon.com slash hawktalkpod. So uh, if you're looking for... Something to watch over the break, because we still don't have much footy. Although the AFLW is back, Hawthorne doesn't have a side yet. We don't know when we're going to have a side. And anyway, I would, to look at the kind of spirit that it's going to take to get back to the top, uh, the 1961 Premiership. Chuck it on, it's on YouTube. Enjoy. There you go, that's Tiz's recommendation. That'll be mine too. There's your homework, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) No, obviously not homework, (laughs) Although we do plan on doing a uh, a bonus episode, that's one of them that we have in store on the 1961 Premiership. Yeah, yeah, it's deserved and it'll be a lot of fun. Still got to talk all things Crimo as well with that book. We're still going to do our review for that. God, it's just first episode back, mate. We're back into the swing of it and there's so much to do. There's so much to talk about. And uh, we are counting down 
to not only the preseason but round one. It feels like it's just around the corner now, and I'm very excited. I'm counting down to the G. Round one against Essendon, who cares? <laughs> Being at the G is going to be great. Look, it wouldn't be the Hawk Talk podcast if we didn't have a little bit of a drive-by on Essendon, hey? It's good to be back. This has been the Hawk Talk podcast. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.